joined by Limerick senior footballer um, Seamus O'Carroll and um, thanks a million for coming on Seamus but uh, firstly like um, you have been a girl I suppose during the global pandemic and it is your occupation but how have you found it all like between the protests that went on in Dublin and the checkpoints and everything like how have you found the last few months? Uh, first of all thanks for having me Paul as well I appreciate uh, you reaching out to us as well to come on um, yeah, look, I suppose um, it's been tough for everybody. Like, there's a lot of people I've been, I suppose, in a way, lucky because I've been able to work away the whole There's a lot of people have been off work, they've had kids at home and that type of thing. Like, so people have had different circumstances. But yeah, it's just been pretty hectic. Um, I suppose working longer shifts, um, having to, I suppose, as you said, deal with the, the checkpoints, protests, all that type of stuff. I think people are just fr- more so frustrated at this stage now because I think the first lockdown wasn't, I suppose, as bad as what it's been for people since this lockdown, since Christmas. Um, I think people have just gotten frustrated more so with it, which has meant, I suppose, what you've seen in, in relation to the, the protests on, on TV, that type of thing. And I suppose more checkpoints being set up because I suppose the, the virus level has been at a, a constant with the case numbers uh, for the last God knows how long, for the last couple of months. And it hasn't seen any signs of slowing down or regressing. Like So uh, from that point of view, it's been, it has been tough, I suppose, work-wise. Um, but I suppose, look, we've, we have to do the job we have to do at times. It's tough because I suppose you're stopping people from doing what simple basic things of going I suppose somewhere where they they need to clear their head or get out of the within their 5k like there's only so many like after three months you know every blade of grass or you know every footpath you know every roadway or whatever the story is or you've noticed things about people's houses that you're passing by that you wouldn't have noticed before because you're passing at the same same time every day doing your your same routine and the 5k like so yeah it's 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 been tough on everyone not just alone regards to the us in the job we've been in but I suppose and everybody um it has it has been really really tough like yeah and like just like with being in like the middle of that protest like when you're there like like when a lot of people seen it on the news like a lot of people didn't think it was real like and when you were there like you just must have thought it was absolutely crazy you know like something you'd seen in a movie or something yeah well I suppose looking at it from the outside in, you, you kind of look like something from, as you said, from a movie that it was maybe like a, a scene from a set that was being that was being filmed for some series. Like, yeah, I was looking back at it afterwards, but I suppose in the middle of it, I suppose, look, we're kind of trained for that type of thing. Like, and I suppose you have to expect that type of thing um, when, you, when you're dealing with protests, I suppose, look, I suppose that wasn't the intention of the protests um, and it wasn't the intention of the people that were there to, to protest in relation to their grievances of what they how they felt about the, the whole pandemic. Um, look, I suppose I'm as well not going to comment on, I suppose, my thoughts of uh, of uh, of their reasons for being there or why they should or shouldn't have been there. But I suppose just a certain group kind of hijacked, I, I suppose, what was a peaceful protest up to a certain point, like, and look, it turned out the way it turned out, but thankfully no one was, I suppose, too badly hurt out of it. It could have been a lot, lot worse. Um, and I suppose, look, that going back to the frustrations of people again, I suppose the fact that you so, such uncertainty up to until recently with regards to how long this lockdown was going to go on for um, the rollout of the vaccines, all that type of stuff. Um, at times, there's only so much that you can you can uh, put people through and I suppose for the last year it's been really 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 tough on people um with regards to the restrictions that we've had but unfortunately scenes like that don't help either because I suppose the majority of people are um abiding by I suppose everyone that they should be abiding by so that we do get out the other side of this and hopefully the vaccines are rolled out so that we do get some start of the summer but look I, I, I suppose from our point of view I suppose we dealt with the situation that we were faced with and I suppose after that like I have I haven't too much more to say in relation to 
the actions and what actually went on, like, you know. Yeah, and like like last season with Intercounty being elite, um like it, it must have been some sort of a relief if like like when you're working on the front line to get to go to training like and did it frustrate you like when it wasn't elite at the start this year? Um, yeah, definitely last year, I suppose, you started out with the club and I suppose that was a massive relief as well, I think, um, just getting away, getting training, uh, getting back involved in a group scenario where I'd have been used to that from, like, all, all my playing career. Um, but I suppose the elite status was important, I think, last year when you were coming into the months where it evens getting longer, getting shorter, um, the nights were getting, I suppose, darker, that type of thing. Um, it gave people something to watch on TV at home because a lot of more of the games and that were streamed. Um, and it was an outlet and it was, look, for, for the way the championship was ran and the way the leagues finished out, it was great. Now, from our point of view, I suppose, look, we lost out in the opportunity to play in Crow Park, I suppose, in the league final, which, look, at, I suppose you can't, you can't bite off the hand of feeds either in, 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 in the same scenario because, look, we were lucky that we were able to get back. Um, and I suppose, look, at the start of the year, I suppose, when work was really, really hectic, it was nearly a relief that you weren't, we weren't back training because it was so soon after um, the season had just finished. But we didn't expect it to go on this long. And we thought that maybe that the fact that it wasn't, that the numbers and cases might come down, it might have allowed us to actually go back and train. Um, maybe in February or mid to late February wouldn't have been too bad but when there was such uncertainty it was a lot lot tougher then um, and I kind of questioned whether the training you were doing your own whether it was kind of well, not worth it but when were you going to see the end of this or when were you actually going to get back out in the field because you're such ups and downs with trying to gauge with the SNC coach of where um where your, your your fitness would be. There's only so many 5Ks, mass runs that you can do and so much gym work that you can do till you reach a certain level where you do need to get back out on the pitch and you do need to be kicking football, Um, I suppose, from a skill set point of view as well. So, yeah, look, there was there's pluses and minuses to it, I suppose. Um, It was just, I suppose, it was a shock at the time when the elite status was taken away because um, from, from our point of view, what we were doing, I suppose, Away from the pitch, and back. I suppose last uh, autumn into the into the winter affected what we were doing when we came into trainings as well. And if lads reminded themselves and what they were doing, then I suppose case numbers and everything like that uh, were down and weren't brought into the camps. You know, so it was managed very well last year by the GA, um, by the county teams, and that so it proved that we could manage it and monitor it. But I suppose other circumstances were outside of our control, which took that uh, took that away. Like, and would you have to stop like yourself at stages from going all out? Like you mentioned training. Like I'd say a, a lot of players are sick of five k's after this lockdown, especially even. But like, like even just stopping yourself from going all out training. Like you want to push yourself, but like then when you have to realize that there's not going to be action as well for quite a while. Yeah, and I, I suppose, look, we're lucky from a sense of intercounty. You have the SEC coaches on to you the whole time and he's able to monitor workloads. You're able to check in with him to see, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? Um, And, and touch base with him. Whereas I feel kind of, I suppose, I feel for the club players more so that wouldn't have that, uh, I suppose, one-to-one, um, I suppose, engagement or communication with maybe a full-time SNC or something like that. So you can kind of gauge from lads that, it's an opportunity maybe to improve on certain things during this lockdown It's imp- or improve my fitness, but you have to gauge it as well. I, I suppose that reaching your peak fitness levels as well and being told in, oh, you're not actually going to be back playing for another two months means then that you're after coming up to very high and next minute you're there, there down the lull and you're like, I have to go again like, and I have, to, I have to try and get my fitness back up or trying to maintain it for that level isn't going to be realistic either for that period of time. So, um yeah, it look, it's been it's been tough on everyone uh, trying to gauge now. Look, we're lucky that we have a, a date now where Intercounty is due to go back. I suppose that kind of gives the club players maybe some sense that um at some stage by the end of the summer that we're gonna see, I suppose, club championships being played, which means now that 
I suppose lads have something to work to or they have an aim or a goal to work towards which is is great in fairness because I've seen it from the club here lads are absolutely flying it and there was no certainty that they were going to go back they didn't know whether club was going first county was going first it was all still up in the air so it's been very difficult for lads you know and um I just hope now that we do get the go ahead that we can go back I suppose in in mid-April um, and get the, the county season played in a reasonable time frame so that I suppose the club players aren't I suppose playing in conditions where uh, you've um, pitches you know in not great condition you're playing uh, in floodlit pitches or trying to play the weekends and trying to cramp it in before the weather gets bad you don't want that scenario happening either especially when I suppose they've gone through so much up to now yeah like in there must be a real sense of optimism with Limerick this year moving forward after the year you had in 2020. Yeah, listen, look, we've had we had a kind of a rough couple of years and I suppose prior to last year and the main aim was to get out of Division 4 um, to be playing a higher level of, of football in Division 3 which gives you a better chance of competing then once the championship begins teams. Um, you'd clear in Division 2, you'd uh, tip in Division 3, they were Division 2 the year before. So they're playing a high standard of football as well. So you need to get, we need, we felt we needed to get up there to give ourselves a fighting chance because we went seven, seven years without a once a championship win on before we beat Tip in 2019. And look, we had a great year last year in fairness. We the McGrath Cup, the Division Four League title, and I suppose not to put a damper on the year, but the Tipperary match is kind of still after leaving a sour, sour taste in all our mouths as well. Which no harm because. It gives us that something to, I suppose, the grip between our teeth and something to not let happen again, maybe this year, and to drive forward so that we don't let that just be a flash in the pan last year, compete in Division 3 so that we're competitive when it comes to the Championship. Um, and I suppose go forward from there because there has been an influx of young players into the panel as well. Um, Billy's, I, I suppose, fought hard and he stayed through taking 10 there where, I suppose, I suppose, Previous, um, previous time to him where players weren't playing for the county, didn't want to play. I think it was something like 50 or 60 something lads were contacted by him when he came back in and for one reason or another didn't come into the fold or didn't commit or didn't want to commit. And that was tough for him. And we went through a, a tough couple of seasons in, in Division 4 where the results were were very, very poor. Like So it was great last year to, to get on a run. I suppose the lockdown and COVID hit at the wrong time for us because I suppose we had just come off of, I suppose up near the top of the table, Antrim had just uh, beaten us up in Antrim and we had to wait in to I suppose, try and rectify I suppose that result and we had an opportunity against Wexford um, and we got turned over by them so it all came down to the last game against Ligo so we didn't do it the easy way, we did it the hard way but I suppose that will stand to us as well, we're a young team um, coming through lads will learn from that uh, and take that forward going into this year and I think that's probably the most important thing is to learn from learn from last year and take it forward into this year uh, and see how it goes like been in contact with the lads and they all seem to be flying at the moment they all can't wait to get back there's fierce optimism there as well and even just talking to the lads after um, getting the news for going back in mid-April now lads have something to work to I suppose um, and we we know that we possibly will get probably a league in in some capacity uh, and then get ready for championship then again after that. And what was the one thing like you felt that was like different all the years? Like, cause you mentioned your first um, Munster championship win in quite a while in 2019 and like to, I suppose, have such a winning mentality in 2020, like what do you think changed for you within the Limerick team? I think it was more so at a bond. Uh, Billy had tried to, I suppose, get a kind of a club type atmosphere inside in the camp where you know you know the ins and outs of the lad that was next year um you could sit down beside anyone inside in the inside in the in the dressing room and have a conversation or know about that that guy's background his life work college whatever the story would be and you could just shoot the breeze with that lad like and i think that was very important because that bond was created where when it mattered, we had a panel where lads knew that they were coming on to do a job. 
to finish off the game or whatever story, see the game out, whatever it may be. And I think that was massively important where that kind of, kind of club culture was kind of brought into it by the management. Um, I think that was the biggest difference. And the fact that I suppose you had lads developing and maturing as well and taking on leadership roles within the group was massive as well because you weren't looking to the same couple of players to lead you or the same couple of players to perform well for everyone else to perform well. There was lads standing up and putting their hands up and there was lads there that stepped up and kept other lads out of the team, which was great. And we hadn't had that in the years gone by, you know, so... I suppose from that point of view, that was the, the, the biggest the biggest differences um, last year. And look, if you get a couple of results and you get on a bit of a run, obviously you get a bit confident. Um, you can carry that into your games. And I think the big game last year was probably beating Carlo in Carlo. Um, that was a big turning point for us because our backs were against the wall. It didn't look like we were going to get a result. And I think we kind of drove on after that. You know, so those, those small things it wasn't anything major that was that was changed but it was just more so kind of a, a bond and culture type thing that was changed and, and, it, and it worked for us in fairness yeah and like division four it's obviously the lowest division but like do you feel that can breathe momentum as well like because we have seen a lot of teams like who've got promoted from division four in previous years and they've went on a run because like there's not much between any of the teams really down there well, I suppose there isn't much between Division 3, Division 4 with a, with a lot of the teams. There's kind of that mid-section group there that if you got any each other in the qualifiers, you'd be fancying that you could turn each other over in, in, in that sense. I suppose when you're moving up to Division 2, Division 1, that's when you're kind of getting to the the, the level where it's you're, you're really an underdog and you need to, I suppose, spring a surprise on the team. And look, that has happened in the years gone by. You see Carlo against Kildare a couple of years back getting a great result. So it, it can happen. Um, I think it's just the whole thing of Division 4, it's so hard to get out of Division 4. Um, the teams are all in around the same level. And if you get on that bit of a run and get the momentum, it really, really helps. Whereas if you get a couple of bad results at the start, it kind of dints your confidence. And you're like, here we go again. Where it's going to be the same scenario. Whereas like the years gone by, as I said, the likes of Tip and Claire, who'd have been in higher divisions, we would have been confident enough that if we met him in a Munster Championship, that we could get a result against him, even though they'd have been favourites against us. So, yeah, it, it, there, is, there isn't much between it. But as I said, trying to get out of that, that Division 4, we were there for long enough. And I've spent long enough of my career in Division 4. And it's, it's, uh, it's horrible to be at the very bottom looking up at everyone else, you know. And it, it's nice when you do get the promotion so that you can look forward to, I suppose... Uh, challenging yourself against teams that would be considered to be better than you, even though you know you're like you're within the camp that if we do perform, we're well and cap- well capable and well good enough for getting the results. Yeah, and like the monster championship game between yourselves and Tipperary, personally, was nearly one of the games of the championship. Like you, you mentioned earlier, like you look back in the game and like you do have. A sense of regret is it more the frustration like because you were in winning positions for a lot of stages of that game yeah the fact that we were up so up by what was the seven points at half time um and in that third quarter taper always going to get a purple patch because taper are obviously a very good team as well but we definitely did feel like it was an opportunity missed that when they got back into the game that the whole momentum swung in the game. Um, and I suppose, look, whatever way you want to look at it, when you see Cavern's result in, the North, in, in Ulster, you see Tip's result in, in Munster, it was nearly written in the stars for, for teams because uh, Conor McSweeney's point to level the game and take it to extra time was just it was a crazy score, you know. And it's it's probably the stuff of dreams type thing as a forward when you get that opportunity in next minute off the outside boot and swing it over, you know. So, but things like that, look, it, there's a lot of learnings that we can get from it. As I said, look, we're, we're, we still are a young team. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential there in that team. And we know we now know where we're at and we know the standard that we can get to and the standard that we can compete at. And I think it's more so game management and that bit of cuteness, I think, as well to, I suppose, manage an opponent's um, momentum when they do get a run on you because... Tip just went on that run and we found it very hard to stop him. But 
in saying that, we still had opportunities in normal time and extra time to win that game, and we never took them. Um, and that's why, from I suppose a point of view, with us getting back, it's nearly a, a bit, that bit, little bit more frustrating during this lockdown because with that uncertainty, you want to get out on the pitch and you want to play the next game. You want to get over that. You want to right the wrongs of that match. Um, and as I say, get back with the horse and get going again. And I suppose that's why it's been a, a little bit tougher. I've found from the chat, the group chats that we've been on, that lads are just chomping at the bit to get back and get going, get out in the field and look forward to, as I said, Division 3 this year and um, having a good crack at the Munster Championship again. Yeah, you mentioned Connor Sweeney's point there. Like, when you're on the field, like, what are you thinking when he just gets that, like, I won't tell you what I was thinking in fairness. Like, uh, when I seen him lining up first, I was kind of like, oh, he's never going for it because I, I wasn't too far away from him when he was taking it. But uh, those sort of things, like, look, if he was to, he knows himself, he was to kick that nine or ten, nine out of ten times again, that's not going over the bar. And that's why I was saying, when you see the results, the year that was in it, uh, Tip when they're going on to win Munster, Kevin going on to win Ulster, you know, it's, it, it's great in a way when you see that in the GA because, you know, Never in a million years, if you put money on that in the bookies, you'd have gotten some looks out through the counter. If you put Kevin on to win Ulster and Tip to win Munster, you know, like you look at the Kerry and Cork game as well. Like possibly other weather conditions would Kerry have beaten Cork? Who knows as well? Like so, it was just a strange year, and I suppose that's what made it kind of from a neutral's point of view, or a GA fan sitting at home on a couch looking at. Those matches are like, you know, sort of entertainments for, for people that I can't talk about. I can't go to the matches. I can't talk to the lads down to the feet at the field that are in the local pub. And I'm at home. I can at least I can watch the game if I can't go to it, you know. And from that point of view, it probably was it was a good a good championship in that way because look, you're straight knockout as well. You're going back to the old days format as well. Like you won chance and you're gone. Like so, yeah. Look, I suppose for, for as I said, from our point of view, we just want to try and move on from that and uh, and get going this year and, and I suppose take the learnings that we have from that and, and move forward like yeah and like tip going on to win Munster like when you're watching that on and you see Kerry beating the next day and you see tip winning Munster like did it make you nearly feel sick like knowing how close you were yeah it, like going from not winning the Munster Championship after the game in seven years to beat and tip the year before and then coming that close to getting to a Munster final the following year with the year that we had we felt that it kind of put a down run it because it would have topped off a great year regardless of the result in the Munster final like who knows what would have happened I'm not saying that we would have beaten Cork either as well you just don't know like tip put in a great performance on the day and deserved it personally I couldn't watch it and I didn't watch it um, it was just when you're that close um, I just couldn't bring myself to to sitting down and watching the game. I could see the results and I was watching through uh, through Twitter as well to see the updates. And when Tipper are getting closer to full time and they're up a couple of points, you're kind of thinking to yourself like the what ifs and that kind of regret is kind of creeping in. And let's be honest, you, I suppose after the Tip game and after once the final, I wasn't probably the best lad to be around. Regards, I wasn't in the best of form. So uh, understandably, when I suppose when you're that close I suppose it is it is very frustrating and um, I suppose my point of view as well the tip game as well didn't, it just ended on a, on a bad note for me you know and trying to get over that that's why getting back on the horse again and going this year just get over that is really really important you know from that point of view just to park it and, and move on Yeah and like it was obviously quite tough for you dealing with that but like how how did you get over it? Um, look, it's as a as a forward, you're there, and it's all well and good and great when you get the scores to win a match, level a match, or you're getting the scores to to get the team over the line, and and you're putting yourself out there as an intercounty footballer. That look, things happen, and it just wasn't to be. Um, I suppose I just happened to be the the person I suppose in that position. Um, but look, I've I've a good family around me to support me the lads the teammates and everything like were hugely supportive in fairness text messages I got afterwards from management and everything 
was really really good like and great like and it was just a case of look that sport um you just kind of have to uh, have to park it get over it and get on and get on with things life goes on go back to work you know keep your mind occupied um and just try and as i said get back on the field get back doing what you normally do um and i suppose kick on from there um it, it, like it not saying it was easy, it took a while. It wasn't, as I said, I wasn't the nicest of person to be around for the the couple of days afterwards and the lads in work didn't really uh didn't really appreciate the the way that I the fact I wasn't in bad form, but look, I suppose everyone is their their own way of dealing with things. But when you're when you're playing, I suppose at that standards, it, it, it does it does, I suppose, affect you. Um and it does kind of get under the skin a good bit. So it's just as I said, family and the teammates and everything were, were brilliant, like just to to get on with it and it is what it is and nothing you can do, but I know it's gone, it's finished, just move on. Yeah, and like as we're mentioning now, like the resumption of intercounty action not too far away. It, it must please you in one way though, like there was a lot of talk that the Alliance Leagues were going to be abandoned, but like I think personally, like it would have been very hard for a lot of intercounty teams to go straight into their first game in a knockout championship like if there's no league it would have been if you wouldn't have had the opportunity to have challenge games um but i suppose you kind of have to look at it twofold you can have to be very conscious and very aware of the club players as well like the the intercounty players are make up for three four five percent of players in the country like your 95 97 percent are club players who are sitting at home watching us playing we were the last ones to finish up playing last year and we were the first ones back, you know. So from that point of view, it wouldn't have made a difference to me if they were to scrap, scrap the leagues once you could have gotten in a couple of challenge matches so that you were ready for a championship and you could have had maybe a backdoor in the championship. You'd have had enough time then to run it off and then start your club championship straight after. But in a way, I suppose, look, we're, we we want to compete in Division 3. We want to test ourselves as well. We've won the right to play in Division 3. So we want to play the teams that are there. Um, and I know it's probably going to be split in north south that type of thing, or east west. So it's going to be a reduced league. So um, you kind of know that look, you've you probably three games, and you need to go flat out for those three games, and that's your build up to your championship, and go from there and see how you get on. But I suppose I'm just looking at it from on the flip side there with the lads that we have in our club as well. And you have to be fair to those lads as well, like that. If there's an opportunity to get to get the club lads back playing, then that should be then that should be considered and looked at. Um, and like I suppose even for my own club down home, uh, the hurling club, during the junior uh, county semi final uh, from last year, that hasn't been played. So like when you have that scenario as well, when you have um, club championship not finished from last year, and they're waiting, like you could have a scenario where, for I would say, they could hopefully go on and win the, the junior championship. Um, within two or three weeks and then the following week they're in the first round of the Intermediate Championship you know that's not ideal either I suppose preparation going into your first time up Intermediate so yeah you kind of have to there has to be a balance and I, like I suppose it's while it's great that Intercounty are going back you, you just have to be conscious as well that there's a lot more to the GA than just the Intercounty players um, and the club players are massively important in, in, in fairness like it was great last year when we were back. All the county lads were back with their clubs. It was probably the first time that you had every inter-county lad at all the training sessions and committed to the club. Um, and I think maybe that's another year probably looking at that going forward. I think that's probably a huge thing because um, nine times out of ten during the year, you're going to league matches or without your inter-county players or you're hoping to have them back two or three weeks before the, the first round of the championship. Sometimes you're lucky if you can get them back that week. You know, you might have two or three training sessions within the county lads back. So there just has to be a balance, uh, a balance as well, like with regards to inter-county and, and, and club. You know, the league is the league, but at the end of the day, how important is the league when it's not going to be uh, up for discussion this year with regards to splitting the competition into the, the I suppose, the A and B tiers. Yeah, and like, it, it's a good point there, like you make about the club and county, like, and, it was great last year all across the country, but like for yourself, do you, do you find it hard to balance? Like because 
like I know you're away with the inter inter county, obviously, but like when the club lads are still slogging away and they're probably not getting the ratio of games like they should be getting for the training they're doing. And when you come back, like would would you ever find it hard like balancing between the county and the club? Well, it's it's hard to balance it either way because you have a club manager there and his job is to is, is the club. He's not worried about inter county. And the same with the inter-county managers, he's not worried about the club manager. So you're kind of caught in the middle and you're trying to keep everyone happy. And if you're trying to keep everyone happy, you're going to keep no one happy. You know, and I found that down through the years, it's impossible. You know, but um I suppose it's kind of like yeah, it, it, it is it is a difficult one, but I think if they're going splitting the, I suppose, putting club first from now on and then into your inter-county or vice versa, I think that's something that would possibly work because you can't have, your league, your club players going back now in October, November after getting knocked out with the championship and they're getting ready for the following year and the first league game mightn't be till February. Like the ratio of games to trainings, like you could be like 20 training sessions to one game. Like it's, it's crazy. Like that's, at least if you're playing, I suppose, from a soccer's point of view, you're training twice a week, you match the weekend, and you're back training twice a week the next week, and you match the weekend again. You know, it, it, it balances out the fact that you're training for games, whereas like, you're putting in so much effort, so much pre-season and everything in GA as a club player, now mind county, um, to get back to your league games. Like in Dublin Grand, you have your, your 10 or 12 uh, Division One league games uh, each year. Which is which is good because you're, you're obviously getting a good a good balance of games to training sessions. You've got your championship there as well, but that's not the case in in all counties. You know the league is t taken seriously up here as it is in some other counties. But I know down home, the league isn't really looked at as anything significant or anything major. You know, championship is the only is the only game in town. So um, from that point of view, I think if this, the season is condensed, it just makes it a whole lot. Uh, better from a player's point of view because um, you might prolong maybe lads' careers um, that are getting older. It'd be easier to keep maybe the young lads that's in college around. Um, I suppose with regards to the influx in the summer, lads going away in J1s, at least you'll have a fair shot of games prior to that in your league or your championship where they can go off and enjoy the summer and then you have your break if you're into county and then you finish off your championship in the end of the year or something like that or you might have your club championship finished by the time the lads go away in their J1s you know so I, I think it, it, a balance needs to be has has to be kind of looked at from that point of view as well regards to I suppose trainings um, to, to game scenarios yeah and like with you being in Division 3 you obviously want to use them games massively towards the Munster Championship because like Kerry are going to be very hungry to get back and so are Cork obviously and Tip aren't going to want to show it's a fluke and Claire probably will say themselves they didn't have the best year themselves so like it, it does look like it's going to be more competitive than ever I suppose for the first time in a long time really Yeah I suppose look it needed to be because you looked at the Munster Football Championship before and you were like, it's Kerry and Cork in the, in the final every year. And the years that it wasn't Kerry and Cork met in the semi-final and it was clear Taper or was getting into a Munster final, which is a great opportunity for us if they are the opposite side of the draw. But now the fact that they've been kept apart, it has put pressure on the likes of Tip Clare and ourselves to get to a level where we can be competitive with the likes of Cork and Kerry. You know, at the end of the day, Cork and Kerry are going to be looking at not only winning Munster, but looking at winning All-Ireland. And that's the way they always look at look at things. Whereas uh, if Limerick ever won a Munster, Munster Championship in football, the celebrations would be like the Hurlers winning the All-Ireland. You know, it'd be it'd be crazy. Like, and that'd be, that'd be the, the, the pinnacle for us because, look, Colin Spade, Spade, we're never going to be competing for uh, an All-Ireland or anything like that. So that's why the league is nearly more important for us to be competitive in that, to allow us to have... Um, I suppose a competitive edge in Munster and be challenging the teams around us to get to Munster finals to give us that opportunity to maybe cause an upset at some stage. Like when I first came into the panel, I suppose growing up as young fly, I was going to Munster football finals where Limerick were running Kerry close. And my first year in the panel, we got to Munster final and ran Kerry close again. And you're kind of thinking, like when you come onto the panel, you're like, right, do you know, maybe we can get over the line against Kerry at some stage and get a break, you know, and that just never happened. But I think you have to put yourself in that 
position or give yourself a fighting chance. And the only way we're going to do that is if we're competing at a higher level with regards to the National League. Um, and if we're playing against more, better teams um, and you're, you're being competitive against those teams, I think that's only going to bode well going into months of championship where you know that you have a fighting chance here or that you're on a level playing field with the other teams around you. Yeah, and like you mentioned there, like in your first two years on the panel, like getting to monster finals, when you come in to start, like were you almost expecting the Limerick were going to get to monster finals a lot? And then, like, I, I, you didn't want to have Derek days, but it, it was nearly a reality check you got. Yeah, it was big time. Look, I came into the, the panel in 2010 when you had like. The likes of, I suppose, Steve Lavin, Steve Lucy, John Galvin, Pat Ranahan, uh, Stephen Kelly, Ian, Ian Ryan, George Collins, all these players who were literally there for years, um, getting Limerick amongst the finals, having Limerick in a, in, a, in a place where Limerick football was, I suppose, respected in, in, in want of a better better term um, and competing against Kerry. And you come into a setup like that and you're kind of nearly the expectation is to drive that on that you're you're coming in as a young fella and as the lads get near to the end of their career that you want to take up the mantle and that you're going to be taking the challenge to the likes of these teams and hopefully get to once the finals and that type of thing. Whereas in reality since then that hasn't been the case. And I suppose in a, in a county county like Limerick, it's always going to be a challenge to keep lads playing football or have lads interested in football, and that's why. I suppose being in, in like Division Three, it's easier to sell it to these players that you're not playing Division Four football. You know, you're not playing the basement level. You're playing Division Three. You're playing against uh, better opposition, uh, and we're actually competitive. And that's why, from that point of view, it's also important for us to be up there competing. Um, but look, I suppose when you've hurling, you've you've rugby and you've you've soccer so prominent in in Limerick, it's always going to be ter- like four best. You know. Um, in, in terms of a sport that a young player play, growing up is going to be uh, excited about playing or looking to, I suppose, excel in. Whereas if they have the opportunity in the other sports, obviously there's better avenues for them at the moment. And years gone by, like Limerick's obviously a, a hurling county. And if a lad has an opportunity to play hurling for Limerick over football for Limerick and he's on both panels growing up, it's going to choose hurling, you know, nine times out of ten. So it's difficult from that point of view, but... Look, at there's, there's great people involved in Limerick football. They have, like the interests they have in in promoting football, keeping lads interested, getting the senior team to a standard where we're competitive, so it's more attractive for those lads to stay playing when they're with, say, the minor team, the 20s team, and bringing them up and developing them so that they are the next, I suppose, senior team to take up the jersey when you leave it behind. And I think that's that, that's hugely important that you have those people that are um, I suppose behind it in the background driving it on because without those and without that interest um, it'd be very very difficult for us to be in any shape or form to 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 be in a, in a position where I suppose Limerick football is seemed to be attractive to a young lad growing up Yeah and you, you must feel as a player like it's vital nearly every year now that you can make some bit of progress or even win a game that you're not expected to win to try and get more players involved and like making a decision to go towards football. Yeah, it is. And that's why, as I said, that's the culture that Billy and the lads have uh, ingrained since last year with that club culture makes it a lot more easier for those lads to, I suppose, transition into the group because um, they're not felt, they're not in, basically, they're not shell-shocked or, you know, when they come in of lads that they might have looked up to, that they're basically deemed to be on par, that you're in the squad now, you're good enough to be here. And that's the reason why you're here and, you know, just kick on and keep doing what you're doing. Like, and I think having that attitude, I suppose, is hugely important. I know that's the way that it was when I came in back in 2010. I had all those lads that I mentioned who I idolised and looked up to when I was a young fella growing up. Um, and that I thought that I'd never be good enough to get in and play with. And next minute I was in their training and I was looking around the dressing room. And remember my first night going in, I was like, I might as well just tug out outside the dressing room because... How can I go in and sit down with these lads? You know, that type of thing. And you'd hate for a young lad coming through now to feel that sense of, you know, like, I can't I can't do this or am I good enough to be here? Like, if you're good enough, you're good enough. You're going to get the call up. And I think it's hugely important to let players know that when they do come in, young players, because they need that development. They need that arm around the shoulder to say, listen, look, you're here because you're good enough. You're here for a reason. 
and just crack on what you're doing like and um it just makes that transition a little little bit easier and less daunting for players then and i suppose when you create that i suppose that environment i suppose and that culture um those lads have other mates they've played with up in minor and 20s and that coming through and i just i suppose word them out or whatever whatever way you want to to look at it makes it i suppose more attractive that listen look it's not daunting when you come in the lads are sound the lads will look after you you know that type of thing so um i think from that point of view it's all about communication more so than anything from I suppose management point of view and the players and as i said that club type vibe inside and um inside the dressing room makes that a way a lot easier for players coming in and like we talked about progress there but do you even think like in corbett getting nominated for an all-star uh, this year as well like like I suppose that's obviously huge progression like because it's not every year you're seeing a Limerick footballer being nominated for an all-star either no and listen the, 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 like the crazy thing about that is that Ian has had that level of performance for the last two or three years for us he's been like outstanding for us he's been our standout player but I suppose he's only getting the recognition now that he deserved um, this year and it was well deserved because like he like he was a leader for us. Um he's had some incredible performances throughout the league and in the championship for us, and he was well deserving of his all-star. And I suppose when you see that type of thing happening as well, that's a huge boost for Lima football. And it's a huge boost for the squad because it shows that we're progressing in the right way. It's also a huge boost for players, as I said, making it more attractive that geez, Limerick had a, a, a lad nominated for an all-star. The last time that happened was in 2010, when I first came on the panel and John Galvin uh, missed out on an All-Star, my opinion, being biased, he should have got one that year. He was incredible. You know, he nearly beat Kerry by himself down in Killarney that day. You know, he deserved an All-Star on that performance alone. Whereas, like, Limerick have had some incredible players that haven't got that recognition. Like, we've had Shawnee Buckley there, who's been an incredible servant for Limerick, who's, if he was on any other, I suppose, squad in the country, he'd been nominated for an All-Star. Same with Stephen Kelly, who represented uh, Ireland in international rules. Like it's 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 mind mind boggling to to think that there was lads like that that have played football in America, represented them, but never got the recognition or the credit that they, they deserve. So that's why now when it's happened to Ian, it's it's brilliant. And like all of us, when we heard the news, we like it was well deserved. Like we were like so happy for him because. Like the dedication he shows, the leadership he shows, he completely deserved it. And his performances on the field, as I said, that hasn't just been a once-off performance this year. That's been that like that way for the last two or three three seasons for us. And then that was going back to when we were struggling. And I suppose that goes back to the whole point again of Division 4 uh, football. And you're not noticed when you're down Division 4. Like no one really does care about Division 4. You know, it's the it's the bottom of the of the champ of the, the league. So that's why I'm saying, like, like he'd have been noticed two or three seasons ago uh, and recognised for his performances if he was playing play Division 3 and we were more competitive in, in Munster. And it just goes back to that whole that whole thing that I've said before, you know, that playing a better standard of football is going to help us. You know, we have we have quality players or we have players that are good enough um, to be recognised like that. Um, but it's just when you are stuck in Division 4, it's it's very hard to be seen down there because there's no highlights of any games. There's no reports of any games. You might get a, a small section on the, the newspaper of Roundup of Division 4 and it might be 20 lines of, of a Roundup for the, was it, four or six games that was on that weekend. Like So from that point of view, it's very difficult. And that's why it's probably more satisfying that he did get that nomination, you know, because we were competing at that, that standard this year. Yes, he still got the recognition that he deserved. And would that personally annoy you, like when you just see a little, small, little write-up? Um, it, it 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 does because at the end of the day, you're still it's still in the county, and some of the games that you've had down, down Division Four, fair enough, they wouldn't be to the standard of your Division One games, but at the same time, there might be cracking games to go and watch. There might be exciting games to go and watch. You know. The, the sometimes the level of football and the standard of scores um, that are got in Division 4 are top quality like and top notch and it's it goes unrecognised or it, like people just brush it off and like 
outside Division 1, Division 2, no one really talks about it, even when you see it in the Sunday game or anything like that. It's like Division 1, Division 2, and then I'm just going to, down at the bottom, you see the, the results from Division 3 and Division 4. So that's why, I, again, going back to the point, it's so important to get up the, get up the leagues to be competitive because you're just getting that bit more recognition. And it's not about recognition, it's just the fact that like we're putting in the same training as every other county team, Division 1, Division 2 team in, in the country, putting in the same preseason, the same the same uh, number of training sessions, we'd have the same setup. We're just competing at a different level. And I know that's why this year trying to, I suppose, bring in the B tier competition and championship, which if it works out, it would it would be good. But it, it'd need a lot for it to work because Tommy Murphy didn't work when it was in and that was a disaster of a competition. So if it's going to be done, it needs to be done right this time because otherwise you're going to see the teams in Division 3 and Division 4 the influx of players leaving and going on J1s will increase, in my opinion, because what's the point in lads staying around for what could potentially turn out to be a Mickey Mouse competition? And you'd hate for it to be, to be like that, that if they do put their minds at, to it, it could turn out to be a very, very good competition where those teams will be starting to get to a level where they can be competitive. Because look, you see in the Hurland there, you have 12 teams in Lee McCarthy, you've the Christy Ring competition. So you have the different levels of progression, which helps a lot of those teams. And a lot of those teams are are getting great benefit out of it. Whereas if it was done correctly, the the a competition of football could be could be a success. I'd hope it would be run a lot better and would have a lot more, I suppose, coverage, I suppose, and interest and support um than like to the Christie Ring and, and those competitions because as I said. They're the forgotten about competitions at the very end of the program or on the newspapers getting a small snippet as well. You know, at the end of the day, the likes of Kerry and Antrim in, in Hurling are still and putting in the same effort, the same training, everything the same as what Limerick would do in Hurling, Tipperary, Kilkenny would do in Hurling. You know, so uh, from that point of view, we just you'd, you'd have to be very careful with how you actually go about um, running that competition. Yeah, and like during the lockdown, like you're forward, you've ta- you've taken freeze in the past. Like it's something you have enjoyed, like being able to go to the pitch, like and like working on your shooting. Yeah, it's been very very difficult for that since you're trying to go to a park and with a bag of balls near you and go kicking, and it's just not the same. And your sharpness goes down, your skill set goes down, and I suppose. It, 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 it's going back to that whole like even pod based training where you could have three or four lads and even if you're just kicking at least you're challenging yourself whereas with your, when you're kicking with yourself it's it's very very difficult Um, you feel like you're nearly going backwards um, in regards to your skill set and it's be, like football has gone more so that you have a lot of athletes and uh, a little fo- like less footballers whereas if you're going to be, I suppose, athletes, you still need a football skill set to be able to be, I suppose, competitive. At the end of the day, you're still going to have to kick the ball over the bar. You're still going to have to kick the ball 30 yards to make a pass. You know, and if you can't, if you can't practice that skill set, um, then it's very hard to get up to speed. And I kind of found that last year. Even after coming back from the club, the, st- the step up from club to county, there was a lot of mistakes made by teams in counties or the skill set wasn't as high as what we would normally associate with in the county championship um, and I think that was down to the fact that I suppose players didn't have the I suppose the facilities during the lockdown to practice um, I suppose the skill set of say the kick passing solo and that type of thing hand passing the accuracy more so than anything like um, really in my in my mind from watching games went down um, you know, it was probably better to watch from a neutral's point of view because look it, it wasn't as I suppose robotic, the football from a point like from that point of view that it wasn't a possession based game or twelve lads behind the ball that lads were trying to let the ball do the work because I suppose fitness levels weren't even up to where they nearly should have been for an inter county last year. They eventually got to it for championship, but I think for the last few league games that were need to be played, it wasn't where where it needed to be at. And like. The commuting you're doing from even Dublin to like being involved with Limerick, like like even 
talking to James Gale on the Hurling podcast this week as well. And he said he found it quite tough. And I can imagine, like, because, like, you're leaving work early to avoid it, the rush with traffic and everything. And, like, even just hopping out of a car, like, for a long enough drive and to get yourself ready for training, like, it, it must be hugely demanding. It is demanding, like... At times there, you're getting back home after training and it could be half 12, one o'clock and you're getting back up again at six to be in work for seven. Like So it can be draining. And then there's times where you can't, I suppose, get off work that I, I'm working and I can't get down for training. So you're losing out in a session then. You're not around. The management aren't seeing you uh, as as much. So it is it is difficult when you are working, shift work like that, um, and you can't get the time off. Now, I suppose, regards to the commitment travelling down, look, it's I love playing for for the county. I love playing for Limerick. Um, I love the the, the the buzz that I have with the lads, the crack I have with the lads. Like so, that makes it makes it worthwhile. It has been very very challenging my first couple of years up here when we weren't going as well because you're questioning yourself, you've doubts why you're doing this, is it worth this, that type of thing. Whereas it makes up for them when you have a year like we had last year. It makes training a lot easier. You enjoy going training. You you, you the the car journey down doesn't seem as bad and the car journey back up doesn't seem as bad because you have great training sessions a great buzz around the camp that type of thing whereas uh, you kind of have to take the good with the bad in that sense and look I suppose I'm up here I'm working uh, there's nothing they can do about that for the time being that's just my scenario at the moment there's plenty of other lads that are doing it from around the country they're teaching up the country or jobs up the country um, they have to do it as well and I suppose it's just part and parcel of it um, nowadays with Intercounty because I suppose a lot of the jobs are in, in in Dublin for lads. I suppose that's where that's where it's all happening. And um, there's plenty of other lads I know that were travelling home to Roscommon, um, travelling to Galway, uh, travelling to Cork, uh, that type of thing. So it's plenty of lads doing it as well. It is it is a huge commitment, but at the end of the day, you either want to do it or, or, you, or you don't. It's as simple as that. And uh, for the time being, I'm able to do it, so I might as well stay doing it. Um, I'm still on the panel for the time being anyway, so um, I'll be travelling down a, a bit more, hopefully going forward, so I'm not uh, I'm not doing a dusted yet or haven't been given my P45, but um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's something that when you're so used to doing it for so long, being involved, it's so hard then to kind of contemplate what it would be like not being involved. So you have that in the back of your head as well. Like obviously, as I said, good and bad times, you have different thoughts in your head, but as I said, it, it probably balances itself out in the long run. And uh, you, you've played football with Castlenock as well in Dublin. Um, like when you started off playing with them, did you find it a massive jump? Like because the preparation like that goes into the Dublin club championship and even being a Dublin senior club, like I, I just can't imagine what, what it's like with the competitive environment up there. Um, I have compared it to being on par with division four of the national league. The, like, you know, video analysis, you've lads on stats, you'd have a physio involved. Like my own club at home, um, like it, it's gas. Like we were lucky if we had, uh, like 10 minutes before kickoff we had 15 lads to go out and play the match like championship match and I know that was junior level that we were playing at like but like we like it was just a different type setting and scenario Um, it's the top like any of the top six or eight teams in Dublin would compete in division four in my opinion Um, they're, they're at that level when they have full teams and all their county lads back involved as well and like it was I suppose it was a step up for me um, in a sense because I had been I hadn't been involved with Limerick in 2015, the end of 2014, all of 2015 and 2016, uh, until Billy came in and invited us back onto the panel and new management kind of took up. So I was basically only back on the intercounty panel since the end of 2016 and then my first season with Castanock was 2017. So from my point of view, it was a massive step up because I'd been away from intercounty uh, for those two seasons at that stage. So um but I enjoyed it because um, the standard was the standard was so high. Um, there was lots of pressure on you because you had to go out and perform. You know, if you didn't, there's plenty of lads good enough in the club that would take your position, regardless of whether you're playing intercounty or not. And that's just the way it is. And that's the one thing that I found was really kind of really hard to get your head around that most of the teams like that in Dublin would have players that would have played minor under twenty one 
uh, and seen her with Dublin at some stage. Um, but you have a panel of lads that would have had would have done that, which is which is crazy. Like I'd never have been involved in a scenario or setting like that before. Like and um, that time as well, it was straight knockout championship in Dublin uh, that season. So you had to be on your toes, like and be ready for that first game. And um, I know it changed in the season after that, but it, it was a completely different complexion to a championship format that I had. That before you had a league a kind of a league basis in championship at home and. You had the top two were through to semi-finals and then three, four, five, and six were through to quarterfinals, that type of thing. So yeah, it um it was a massive jump and it opened my eyes to the standards of club football in the likes of Dublin. And no more sudden likes of club football that would be in Kerry, I suppose Cork, Donegal, Tyrone, Galway, Mayo, you know. I presume it's it's, it's the same way in those counties as well, like when you're playing a, like a, a senior 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 championship. Um, at senior championship level, like within within the county, I, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into, or I didn't know what to expect, you know. So from that point of view, it was it was good. But as I said, with me being away from the inter county setup, it was a huge step up for me. And obviously playing with Kieran Kilkenny there as well. Um, like you obviously would you have learned a lot from him, like even the stuff he does in training or his preparation, like when he's playing with Casanova? Yeah, the, the biggest thing I've gotten from him is, I suppose, his mental aspect to the game and I suppose the way he looks at the game and I suppose the the thinking and the and the brain that he has, the footballing brain, um, like he could nearly play and manage the team all in one if he wanted to. That sense, like he's, his footballing brain is just outstanding. Like, and he, he has a skill set, like he's probably... One of the best footballers in the country, and in my my opinion, should have not been biased. He should have probably gotten Football of the Year uh, last year. Like he was the most consistent player throughout the league and throughout the championship for Dublin. Um, um, so when you're playing with a guy at that standard and that level, who's Football of the Year contender, like you're going to learn so much from him. Like it's it, it's it's a never it's 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 next level again type stuff on from the county scene, on from the club scene. Um, so if you're not learning something from a, a guy like that and what he's doing and what he's bringing to the game how he prepares his mentality then you're not going to learn anything at any stage you know it's a it's a sad day if you're getting up and learning nothing new in the morning yeah and Castle Knox last county final against Vincent's like there, there must be a sense of optimism there but I suppose like you, you can't be looking ahead either in Dublin because if you if you do look ahead, like there's going to be a team there who's just going to take care of you. Well, that's the team, like and like Dublin is so competitive. Like you see Thomas Davis coming out and making a county final there two years ago. Like like they came from absolutely nowhere, and there was a surprise package. And I saw it's no more so than Castlenock the year before I came in 2016. Basically, came from nowhere. No one raised them, and they got to the county final. So that thing, that type of stuff, can happen in Dublin. So like you you can't be looking too far. Uh, ahead of you because as you said you could get caught by somebody behind you that you're not expecting so from that point of view it is it is so so competitive um, the championship up here um, but at the same time I suppose we'd have been disappointed since reaching the county final that we haven't progressed and made it past the county quarter final since um, there is that potential within that group of players um, I think that they could go a lot further we could go a lot further um, and that's the that's the optimism that is there. The team is still young. Um, they're still in their mid, like most of them in their mid twenties. Um, and you've lads coming through from the minor squad that were involved with Dublin as well, and with Dublin minors and twenties and that. Like so, there is optimism there. Um, I think you need to be bringing those players through. Um, I think it's hugely, hugely important because that, that's just the conveyor belt that you have in Dublin at the moment, with success rate that they have. You have, I suppose. You see the Dublin minor and 20 teams are playing the same brand of football or the same type of football that the senior team are playing. So it's it's an easy transition for them into the senior setup when and if they do make that step up. Like So having those lads in, back involved with the club and playing, I, I suppose, senior with the club, it's just going to be huge as well going forward. So um, from that point of view, look, we have been disappointed the last couple of years because we felt we've let ourselves down and underperformed. Whereas we know there's a potential there that we could reach county final, win a county final and, 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 and go from there. So that's the main aim is to 
I suppose you can't look forward, look any more forward in Dublin than the, the group stages or your first game because if you don't win your first game, you're all of a sudden under pressure to get out of the group. Um, and if you're not winning your group, you're playing somebody runner up in another group. Like so, um, it 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 it, it does. It, it it is ultra competitive, like, and you kind of every game is nearly a final type thing, like, so you kind of have to be on your toes. And, um, but I'm enjoying it, it's, it, it is great in fairness. There's a great bunch of lads involved in the club there. Um, there's a great camaraderie there, like, and there's a good, um, I suppose age difference as well. Where there's young lads, there's lads in their mid 20s, and there's older lads shoving on, like myself, um, that are, um, that all can gel and get on well together, you know, and, um, I suppose they've made it a lot, e- a lot easier for me. I suppose making the transition to the the the, the, count, the club championship scene here as well. Absolutely. Well, um, thanks a million for your time, uh, Seamus O'Hare. No worries, Paul. Thanks a million for having me, and uh, all the best.